0: Shalom, alakim, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, I just wanted to record something short this morning, and uh, I was just looking through some of the options of things to potentially study for this morning, and I thought, let's do the Haftorah for this week. Which happens to be Second Kings chapter four, verses one through thirty-seven, which deals with Elisha, not Elijah, Elisha or Elisha, um, and just this interaction he has with these two different women. He's got this uh, this widow who's who's really suffering with poverty, and then he has this Shumanite woman. And, uh, it's just an interesting story, and I thought, let's take a look at it this morning. I'm going to read from the Hallelujah Scriptures this morning, just to kind of change things up. And I just pray that you would be blessed, uh, this morning. I will note that I'm looking outside right now, and it's the first snow of the year, at least in, in the area where I live. And, to me, and in Hebrew culture, uh... Snow represents God's grace, God's mercy. Though your sins be like scarlet, right? I will make them white as snow. And so let's just be grateful and thankful uh, that we know the Lord Jesus and uh, and that God has shown us grace and mercy this morning. Let's check out this story. Elisha and the widow's oil is the first part here. 2 Kings chapter 4. Let's begin. And a certain woman of the wives of the son of the Nebaiim, that is to say prophets, cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant revered Jehovah, and the lender has come to take my two sons, to be his slaves so she reaches out to the prophet Elisha and she says my husband's gone and the debtors are coming to take my sons as slaves because I, I have no way to pay these debts my, my husband's gone right verse 2 and Elisha said to her what should I do for you Inform me what do you have in the house and she said your female servant has none at all in the house except a pot of oil He said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not get a few. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all the vessels and put aside the filled ones. So please note, I think this morning I'm going to be just raising questions as opposed to giving a bunch of commentary or thoughts. And so, there's going to be a couple times through this study where I say it's kind of interesting. And I think this is interesting. It's not just go get the vessels, right? It's once you have them, go into your house and shut the door. Like, do this thing, this miracle is about to happen for you. Do it in private. Shut your door and then do this. I just find that interesting. Something to think about. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought to her and she poured it out. And it came to be when the vessels were filled that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. But he said to her, there is not another vessel. And the oil ceased. So she went to inform the man of Elohim and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons live on the rest. And it came to be on the day that Elisha went from Shunem where there was a prominent woman and she urged him to eat some food and it came to be as often as he passed by that he turned there to eat some food please note I just want to point out the contrast here in the first story we have a poor woman whose husband is gone and she's got all this debt and She's severely impoverished, and Elisha helps her. In this instance, we, the next instance here that we're getting into is it, it's no, it's no longer a poor woman, but a prominent woman. And it goes to show that regardless of your economic status, we all have a need that only God can fill. We all need God's grace and mercy. We all need something. So she sets up this place for him where he can come and rest and have food. Verse 9. And she looked to her husband, or she said to her husband, Look, I know that this is a kodesh man, that is to say a holy man of Elohim, who passes by us continually. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall, and let us put a bed for him there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand, and it shall be. Whenever he comes to us, let him turn in there. And it came to be on the day that he came there that he would turn into the upper room and lay down there. And he said to Gahizi, his servant, Call this Shumanite woman. So he called her and she stood before him and he said, and he said to him, Please say to her, Look, you've gone to all this trouble for us. What is there to be done for you? Should I speak on your behalf to the sovereign or to the commander of the army? she answered, I am dwelling among my own people. Please know that basically she's saying, What could you, I'm a prominent woman. I, I, what what could you possibly do for me? Verse 14, and he said, What then is it to be done for her? And Gahiz, he answered, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. So he called her. And she stood in the doorway. And he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my master, man of Elohim, do not lie to your female servant. She's saying, don't don't get my hopes up, right? Don't say these things to me because I can't handle the disappointment when once again for the billionth time, this hope doesn't come to pass. We know how that feels, don't we? You pray and you pray and you pray year over year or month over month. And it just, and you get your hopes up that this is going to be the time that there's the breakthrough. And then it doesn't happen. And you get to a point where you're kind of callous about it. You're kind of like, "Eh, what's the point? Why bought? I imagine that that's where she's at. And she says, no, don't, don't tell me that I can't handle this disappointment anymore. No, my master man of Elohim, do not lie to your female servant. Verse 17, And the woman conceived and bore a son. And when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had spoken to her, and the child grew, and it came to be on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said to his father, My head, my head. He said to his servant, Take him to his mother. So she took him and brought him to his mother, and he sat on her knees till noon and died. She went up and she laid, on, laid him on the bed of the man of the Elohim and shut the door and went out. And she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys so that I might hurry to the man of Elohim and return. And he said, Why? Where, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor is it the Sabbath. She said, It is well. Notice her demeanor. She's like, no, <laughs> this isn't how this is going to end. She puts her son who had just died on the bed that she had prepared for the prophet for when he would travel through. She goes, tells her husband, I got to go to the man of God. He says, why? It's, you know, and she says, it's well, it's well, that's faith. That's the ultimate faith. It's fine. It's going to be fine. And she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go, do not slow down, except I speak to you. And she went and she came to the man of Elohim at Mount Carmel. And it came to be, when the man of Elohim saw her at the distance, that he said to his servant, Gahizi, See, the Shumanite woman, please run to her, meet her, and say to her, Is it well with you? It is, is it well with your husband? And is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Again, she's still saying, Yeah, it's well. But she's trying to get to the man of God here. And she came to the man of Elohim at the hill, and she caught him by his feet. Bacahizi came near to push her away. But the man of Elohim said, Leave her alone, for her being is bitter in her, and Jehovah has hidden it from me and has not revealed it to me. Please note something interesting. It's almost like Elisha's surprised that God hasn't already clued him in. He says that uh, she's really bitter. Like there's something going on with her, but God hasn't made it known to me. Almost as if Elisha's just accustomed to God keeping him informed. Interesting. Verse 28. And she said, did I ask a son of my master? Did I not say, do not deceive me? he said to Gahizi, Gird up your loins and take your staff in hand and go. And when you meet anyone, do not greet him. And when you meet anyone, greet you, do not answer him. And you shall lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As Jehovah lives and as your being lives, I do not leave you. And he rose and he followed her. And Gahizi went on ahead of him and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no voice and there was no hearing. So he went back to meet him and reported to him, saying, The child has not awakened. And Elisha came into the house, and he saw the child was dead, lying on his bed. And he went in, and he shut the door behind him, the two of them, and prayed to Jehovah. He went up and he lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth and his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands and he stretched himself out on the child. And the flesh of the child became warm. And he returned and he walked back and forth in the house and then he went up and he stretched himself out on him and the child sneezed seven times. and The child opened his eyes. And he called Gahizi and said, Call this Shumanite. So he called her and she came to him and he said pick up your son then she went in and she fell on his feet and bowed herself to the ground and picked up her son and went out and that my friends is the end of the Torah or the prophets portion for this morning I can't back this up right now without a lot more study but I just want to bring this thought up and this is Sean's thought it's not based on anything that I've found so far, but there's just something there about that sneezing seven times. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like it, it makes me wonder, was there like a demonic possession is, is what caused this condition that the child was in. Um, and the sneezing seven times was kind of those, that, um, coming out of him for whatever reason I'm fixated on that um but yeah I don't have any at this moment maybe somebody can remember something maybe there's something in the back of my mind that I'm just not being that I just can't get a hold of right now uh but it makes me makes me think of that and I just found that interesting well that is the study for this morning like I said it was going to be short I just wanted to do something uh this morning I just felt led to dig into the scriptures and turn on the microphone and so I pray that you've been blessed by it and I just appreciate you listening that's all I have for you this morning peace and grace be with all of you and until next time God bless